0: Alright, what's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Poke Talk Podcast. This is episode 4. We're going strong here. I'm here with Philip once again. How's it going?
1: Hey, what's up? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm pretty stoked about today. We're recording in the morning, yeah. which is unusual.
0: A little different nope. setup for the day.
1: Yeah, we got something going on in the afternoon though, opening day, so... Can't miss that. (laughs) Got a lot of sports
0: going on today. We got the Masters and opening day baseball, but right now we're talking about Pokemon. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, episode four, um, just for the intro, we're going to kind of jump through this stuff pretty quick because we got a pretty heavy topic today. Our topic today and the main discussion is going to be passion versus addiction versus obsession and how that relates to the Pokemon hobby, how it relates to our experience Um, we do want to preface that we're not therapists in any way. Our main discussion is going to be our personal experience and we just kind of want to share our experience and kind of offer it as a, you know, a conversation that you can take any information from it that you will, um, just really would like to share our experience and kind of talk about it and how it related to our collecting specifically.
1: Yeah, if it reaches one person, it was totally worth it as far as I'm concerned. And that's really what we're trying to offer is advice. Obviously, not therapeutic um, therapy or advice, but just general advice that maybe people can take some some traits from, some characteristics from, and apply it to their own lives. And hopefully it might work.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I think everyone kind of struggles with this to some extent, especially coming back into the hobby. So it's just going to be a really nice discussion and a pretty in-depth topic this might be a little heavier episode than most other of our episodes to come but uh you know that's what we like about this we like sharing our experience and just diving into whatever helps people so all right well for the news we got some big news coming up um here let's see we got Pokemon go. You want to just kind of touch on that real quick? Cause we don't have too much information about that going forward yet.
1: Yes. It's finally happened. Pokemon go has finally announced go fest. Um, it's a bit different this year than the previous go fest, which was 2019. Um, that was in Chicago this year for in, in America, it's going to be in Seattle, but it's also going to be in Berlin and in Sapporo, Japan. Hopefully I'm announcing that one. Right. Um, and we, like I said, we don't really know too much about it. We only know the dates. They haven't even announced the parks, or although there's some speculation on which one it's going to be in Seattle already. Um, and I think it's going to be a fun time. I, hopefully, there's hopefully there's more. There is exclusives because they are going to have a global event available to everyone who purchases a ticket in June. Um, so I'm hoping that they do make some exclusives for these events. And just, you know, it's all hypothetical, but I couldn't help but notice the Berlin GoFest uh, encompasses when the Pokemon GoFest or the, or the Pokemon Go set will release. Um, so I'm pretty hyped for that. I, I really hope they're able to tie that in somehow uh, with promos. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe yeah. special promos.
0: I know we'll I'm, see I'm kind of
1: hoping, you know? Yeah, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, special promos. Like, like they were handing out the professor with... Pillow card, um, in the St. Louis uh, Zone, and I, I was end up getting like twenty of those. Yeah. I just went to every every single uh, entrance and be like, "Hey, can I have one? Can I have one? Can I have one?" And uh, I was just kindly was able to get from you know the one that you're only gonna it's supposed to get to like like ten to fifteen, or but with my girlfriend it was like twenty.
0: Yeah, and they had um, plenty to go around.
1: Oh yeah, they, I, 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 you know, I just think it's cool. It's a experience to keep from it it's just it's just one of those things where it's a car that's unique to me and probably will never be worth much uh but is unique to me and that's why it's important that's why i col- collected them and i hope that they tie in the promos for uh the go fest and we'll see i will be going to it um so that's that's all that we really know so far yeah Oh, it'll be it'll be in. Uh, for for america i'll be in seattle washington during july 22nd to july
0: 24th yeah so not too far off so no um, not at all coming up just a few months but yeah that's all we really know i'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit later once they announce more stuff but uh yeah some other news um we have yeah we have two pieces of like pretty big news Uh, which one you want to hop on first
1: Let's go hype on uh, the illustrator. I, I think uh, I think that needs to be the next topic.
0: Yeah. So or the next news topic. A PSA ten illustrator has sold for what was it? Over five mil. It
1: was like five point two eight five or something like that. Yeah. Um, he, even after the WrestleMania, he was able to get his photo with the Guinness Book of World Records.
0: Yep, uh, none other so than Logan crazy. Paul himself, which yeah. was uh. So basically story goes, there's been this Pikachu illustrator going around all of a sudden pops up PSA 10. Nobody really knew who had it and whatnot. And in true Logan Paul fashion, he was going on WrestleMania, you know, like national TV prime time (laughs) comes out with this Pikachu PSA 10 illustrator around his neck, just like he did the BGS 10 Charizard back in uh, one of his boxing matches. And, uh, Yeah, I mean, the reach of this story has been pretty massive. Um, That's kind of why it's more newsworthy. A lot of people are kind of sick about hearing about this illustrator over the last few days. But uh, all in all, it really does some good stuff for the hobby. You know, I mean, it was on prime time when he was announced. Like, the announcer was like, that's not a... Credential around his neck, that's the number one most expensive Pokemon card in the world. And even like announced how much he bought it for and that he broke a Guinness World Record. So, I mean, it was well documented. It wasn't like the boxing match where he just kind of walked out with it and nobody really capitalized on it. Like this Pikachu card was like front and center from his entrance. Like that's all everyone's been talking about. And, of course, it got picked up by a lot of news outlets and everything. Um, one thing that has been bugging me, though, I don't know if you've been seeing this, but a lot of people, when they report on this, you know, obviously the headline is Logan Paul buys a five million, one of the rarest Pokemon cards ever, but they're reporting it as, like, it is the rarest card ever, and that's... That's what I'm seeing in the hobby here lately. Like it's kind of bugging a lot of people or rubbing people the wrong way. There's at least like 12 plus cards that I can think of that are like just off the top of my head, more rare, like more documented and officially more rare than the Pikachu illustrator. Granted, not by much, but, um, long story short, there was 39 copies of the illustrator and there's handful of other cards that are documented only have like 20 or less and even the Pikachu like trophy cards less than that but uh that's the only thing that's been bugging a lot of people in the hobby who've been around a while but I mean that's a minor thought you know Pikachu Illustrator gets the spotlight it's one of the most recognizable cards even though there's other cards like more rare like that gets all the spotlight it's kind of like Charizard and Pikachu in the TCG so it is what it is. Um, overall, sets a good tone for the hobby. Gets the exposure out there even farther. Tells people who came in in 2020, like, hey, Pokemon is still crazy to talk about. Check this out. So overall, positive things around the hobby.
1: Yeah. It, uh, I think it's, it's also a note that that illustrator sold more than a PSA 9 Mickey Mantle over hookie card. Uh, the mickey the mickey mantle rookie card is pretty much it's seen it's definitely a grail within the uh sport with the baseball card industry um i would say what what would you say probably a top three card that people see as like a top three card in uh, all of the um baseball cards
0: yeah i mean you got mickey mantle and you got like honus wagner honus Mm -hmm. wagner is like i feel like the top Holy Grail, like as far as like story goes and all that for like old school baseball. Um it, but the Mike Trout of, card. Yeah, Mike Trout as far as like yeah. some modern stuff. But Yeah. One thing that's funny is like on the PSA podcast, shout out to those guys. Um I think it was episode yeah. four when I mean this was a while back, maybe a month or two ago, or month and a half, they were talking about the sale that we mentioned in another podcast, like mm-hmm. the the, I think it was a seven or yep, PSA seven. Yeah, breaking a, a record. And they were just talking about how crazy it was and how Pokemon is now on their radar. And that someone they were talking to in the sports world, you know, they're more sports focused. But whoever they were talking to, I forgot who it was, they told him that the Pikachu Illustrator was the Honus Wagner of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like when we look back, this is going to be the millions of dollar card and uh turns out just about a month after that they were correct in that <laughs> which yeah. everyone you know kind of expected it even though there is more rare stuff as i said it's kind of the poster child of rare stuff and uh yeah it's just really interesting to see how pokemon is making that that leap into like you know the stratosphere and now we're getting to the point where It's just getting wild and uh, it's even more of an accelerated rate just given the internet and the hobby as a whole and being the number one media franchise in the world for years. You know, we're just seeing exponential growth still, which is impressive and it's just going to be, you know, normal way of life. 10 years ago, 10 to 12 years ago, you could buy that card for $11,000 now, here we are,
1: <laughs> and I don't think there's any turning back either No. at least not in our lifetimes I, I I don't see that, so it's uh it's it's like where do we go from here you know if you where, just think where...
0: I'm like... oh, sorry go ahead
1: well, i I was just gonna say like where where is where the sky is the the limit you know um
0: yeah, and my thing is if you just look at these older collectors in coins and baseball cards like the amount of people spending millions and having millions of dollars in collections you know that's going to be us one day we are such a young hobby even the most like elite people in the hobby like are in their lower 30s <laughs> so it's like still so much like capital and so much gain to come you know, we just really are spending power for the hobby is just so low and we're just now reaching the point where like the uber famous people in our age group, such as Logan Paul are just getting, you know, access to these and more and more people every single day are going to be millionaires and the money's going to keep flooding in and it's going to blow up like a balloon. And, uh, yeah, there's no signs of stopping. That's for sure.
1: So the next thing we were going to discuss is the CGC tool um the C- CGC population tool that just released yesterday morning um and I'll say this thing is <laughs> I mean it really seems like a perk of art the way the way it's designed honestly it's e- incredibly user friendly um they have it to where it's so you go to the TCG Pop tool, and they have it broken down by era, with CGC. And not only do they have it broken down by era, but they even have an example from from each era. It is not. It is an amazing informational tool. It is a powerful informational tool for this hobby, as far I mean for the graded part of the of the hobby, um, and it is very user friendly they have it broken down by how many uh, for each sub tiers or each half grade I-, I should say and within that you can even see what the sub grades are within each half grade
0: <laughs> yeah that's really nice
1: uh, yeah and it is concise like you go into the the era it's upon yeah it's upon release um which is fantastic if you are aware of the history and the era. So you're like, oh, I know this set became before this set, so that should be for us. So, so okay, oh, okay, just go scroll down and find another set to come after that, and yeah. boom, you're there. It's uh, I'll say it kicks PSA's uh, pop tool out of the park.
0: Yeah. 100%. And I haven't dug into it too much because, I mean, I was uh, kind of busy the last couple days, but I'm going to really dig into it this weekend and yeah, just from what you've sent and what I've kind of glanced over quickly, I mean, it looks really good. I feel like PSA is more set up in a way where like people can, you know, it's really hard to find cards if you kind of know what you're looking for, but they kind of set it up in a way where it's more like, I don't know, it's, it's just weird. It's like kind of beginner user friendly, but then it's like not. Because like they just want to be so precise in like the name of the card, the number of the card, but like CGC is set up where just if you have a little bit of knowledge, like it's set up way better. And I think that's more the way to go because I mean, if you're looking up the pop reports, I mean, you're you should be into the hobby a little bit to know what you're looking at. You know, someone's not going to buy their first Pokemon pack and open it up i wonder what the cgc 9.5 pop report is on this you know but uh yeah it looks really good and excited to do some deep dive on some information
1: yeah i was on it for several hours after hearing it was uh released and i wasn't quite i shouldn't have been surprised to see what it looked like the tens like the percentage of tens i mean it it kind of varies but it really looks like it's maybe one percent (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really um, low. I mean, kind of yeah. expecting it to be low, but man, it, it's not really that low. low.
1: I was expecting it to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 5 and 10. Um, but to see that it's around 1%, I know for a few cars in particular, it was around 1%. Um, I was just like, wow. And there was a, suddenly a few cars that I been looking at for a while but i kind of went towards another era towards vintage um but i was looking at a few modern cards and i saw how rare the tens were and i'm like i need to get that card yeah don't want to say anything obviously um but (laughs) uh i uh yeah i definitely it's my one of my favorite pokemon um so i feel like i feel like if i spend that premium it's totally worth it so Regardless of what might happen to in the future, it's just I, I just think it'd be an incredible card to own. And seeing how like there's certain certain things with collectors, you see how scarce it is in that condition. And there's certain part of you that just wants to covet it, just wants to purchase it, just wants to buy it, and just wants to have it a part of your collection and be like, I own a card that is in um, double digits in terms of overall tens. Yeah, and you know it's got it's got like two thousand cards graded, you know, so quite quite something special. And I, I think anybody that's interested in, in Pokemon would really enjoy scrolling through this tool on their own time. It, it is really fun to go through. It really is.
0: Yeah, just kind of scan it and just get the idea of how rare some of these grades are. Um, to me, which I think we kind of touched on this before, there is a uh, downside to seeing this and kind of what the people and collectors were feeling towards CGC before this came out is that, you know, just the nine and 9.5 congestion is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's kind of what you get when you're going with the uh, 9.5 or 0.5 grading scales. Um, you know, we really haven't seen it too much in the past with BGS because more people, I feel like send older cards to BGS, but because CGC is kind of the new poster child and people are sending modern in which are generally really good quality i think that's the only reason that we're you know we're kind of biased in seeing a CGC 9.5 and being like oh everyone's got 9.5 well like we're kind of doing that to ourselves because they are a great grading company i like them a lot but you know their focus right now for most people is just modern and ultra modern stuff and that's what you're going to get when you're sending in, you know, brand new product. The print quality is just really good now. Uh, you're going to be congested in the upper range, but uh, people are upset if they get a 8.5. People are upset if they get a 9.5. So, I don't know. Maybe it can be a little better if you just take, if you like grab the 9 to 9.5 section and like wring it out a little bit, <laughs> where like maybe... 10 to 15% of those upper nines go in the 10 category, like 60, 75% of them stay and maybe like another 10 to 15 trinkle downward and then do that with the nines. But I mean, all you're doing is like spreading out your upper grading tiers a little farther. And, you know, that's a lot of more little details as far as changing the grading process and your grading scale. But don't want to go too much more in depth on this because I'm sure we'll talk about it down the road and uh, we got some other stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah, I could go into more detail and you're right. We need to cut ourselves off because this this whole thing could almost be a whole topic, honestly. And it's it's just really, really fun. And there's certain things that can help but notice. But yeah, uh, it's probably best just to go on to the main topic and we'll we'll come back to this topic a little bit later.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, The only other piece of news that I wanted to share, I mean, it's kind of like a little personal thing, but just want to give you guys an update on where I am at specifically. Um, I do still have like a full-time job that actually might change within the next month where I'm going part-time. I really want to focus more on like the Pokemon side of things and maybe shift more of a collector base to like a business base. So not going too crazy with it if i do nothing i'm like okay but uh i want to you know look at more of like building a better collection or making a little more money through pokemon to uh fund some other stuff and whatnot so i'll keep you posted on that um which most of that will only be on like my personal YouTube, I don't know if I'll really go in much detail about it to the podcast, but if you hear me talking more about sales and whatnot, you can like understand, you know, I've kind of had this shift right about this point, should be about a month out. So it'll be interesting just kind of seeing how my ideas shift as we go. And then some of those ideas might influence some topics on the podcast. So I just wanted to Make everybody aware of that, and it should be an interesting time. So, w'e ready for the old main topic. The main
1: topic. So, there's a few things I think we should begin with um, before we start, especially when we're dealing with the definitions and disparities between passion, addition, obsession. And there is a fine line between all these, you know. As you continue, like your passion can become an obsession, and then an obsession can become an addiction. And,
0: and you can flip flop back and forth too.
1: Yeah, like you, you might not necessarily be feel like you're addic- addicted to something. It, it, you it might, you might not be, um, but you can have periods where you're highly obsessive, but then you have times where. You're able to be away from that hobby or that task or whatever. But then you find yourself falling back into old habits as soon as you, you begin. In this case, for, it's going to be for what a lot of people can relate to, but not necessarily solely to. It relates to pack opening for Pokemon. People can be on a dangerous rope when they continue to buy, 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 and put themselves in a dangerous fi- financial situation because they're trying to chase that card, or they feel like if they get this card, you know, if I just get this one card, I'm gonna break even, and then it's all gonna be all right. That's a little bit of a gambler's policy, like you know, this time this is it, this is the time I'm gonna do it. I know, or you just got a few hits. It's like okay, I'm on a roll. Let's do it, and you just keep on going, like yeah. you're just trying to you're just trying to chase that high. Um, so an obsession is characterized as a ritualistic routine that can become part of your normal life. And terminology speaking, it is a persistent preoccupation of a feeling or idea which can be accompanied by anxiety. I know I can speak of several times for this and how I flip-flop between obsession and then the next aspect, which is addiction, which is a condition characterized by persistent use of a drug or activity despite substantial harm and adverse consequences. In this case, it can be a dopamine rush from pack opening or even goal completing. You're trying to find ways to complete your goals. You're like, okay, the market's low. I got to buy right now. I got to buy right now or else it's going to go through the roof. So that FOMO can kind of play a role into that. Um, But, you know, addition can be slightly different. Generally speaking, it is you're trying to escape from reality. Like you're 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 using this to escape from oftentimes something going on within your life. Now, now that we kind of have some of these definitions disclosed and out of the way, what are some examples in your own life, Nathan, that you can use to relate and potentially give advice to some of the listeners?
0: Yeah, so uh just listening, you know, I kind of had the definitions up, but yours you had like a little tweak in some of yours like with obsession, the the part of uh, you know what what did it say? It was like being obsessed with a particular sub subject, but it might um include like anxiety with that or something. Mhm. But whatever it was, the anxiety aspect really kind of hit me. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I could definitely see that. Um, So I think my fine line is basically between passion and obsession. I see, in most cases, I see passion as, like, a positive. Whereas, like, you know, you're really into something, you are strong and can barely control emotion for it, I think is like the official term for passion. But, uh, you know, I feel like I don't show a whole lot of emotion in general. So maybe that's why I see passion as more of a, a positive. I'm personally really passionate about a few things, but I don't, you know, I'm not so over the top where like I express that well enough to affect other people. Maybe. Um, If people get to talking to me about something, I can sometimes go in and they're like, oh, okay, you know, (laughs) that's a little too much. But I'm like, hey, man, I just love talking about it. But uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where I fall in most cases, I feel like is like more passion. But that can definitely turn into obsession where I'm like just straight up obsessed with it. When I get to looking into something new Or playing like a new game. I'm like playing the game for hours. I'm looking on the subreddits on Reddit. Seeing what people are talking about the game. I'm watching YouTube videos about the game. How to play the game better. And then when I have a chance. I'm back to playing it again. So that's when like. You know the passion may be for. Video games and in general. Like I feel like. They have a lot more plus sides than people realize, but they have a lot of negative sides, which, you know, I slide in time to time, leading into obsession. So, obsession can be good, like, in a controlled manner, I feel like, or in spurts. Like, when the time is right, you know, you have time set aside to do something, you know. You can be obsessed with it, whatever, you know, you're just overly passionate and obsessed with it on your own time. If it's not affecting anybody else, but a lot of times,
1: especially if you're enjoying yourself as well.
0: Yeah. You know, people all enjoy stuff. People who sit down and, you know, watch TV for four hours a night. You know, that's a lot of families in the eighties, nineties, even back, you know, a little farther, you know, TV was a huge thing. That's what people did. Came home, Ate dinner, hang out with family? You'd watch TV with family. Would you say they're obsessed? I mean, there's people who, like, you know, it's not really a thing anymore with, like, TV recording and streaming services, but, like, you know, oh, I have to get home to watch this episode of this show, and, oh, I missed the episode last night. You know, in a way, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I wouldn't really say passion because you're not, like, I feel like I'm never like passionate about like wanting to watch something like that's just for enjoyment. I might be obsessed with it because I want to see it, but I am not actually making a TV show like that would be like a passion. I feel like,
1: yeah, you're pretty reserved emotionally. I would say on on most things, obviously when you get to talking about something you start opening up and becoming yourself, but yeah. generally speaking, you're more reserved and, Your day to day actions with people, at least from my perspective, anyways.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty much everyone's perspective about me. I mean, I'm generally really quiet to a lot of people, and they're just like blown away that I have like a YouTube channel and like all this other stuff. And, you know, if people ask me about it, like I share it, I tell them, like, yeah, I, I collect Pokemon cards, I sell Pokemon cards, like, even these last few weeks, once my coworkers found out, like, I'm just going part-time, it's like, wow, what are, like, what are you doing for, like, <laughs> extra money? Like, how how are you going to do that? And it's like, well, I mean, you know, I open up a little more. It's like, well, me and my wife kind of set ourselves up to, like, you know, we bought our house below our means. We didn't buy, like, a house that they try to get you to buy when you're a middle class family and go into debt the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, we, we knew we were going to do this. We planned and they're like, Oh my God, that's just crazy. Like I could never do that with all my bills. And they're just like blown away that, you know, I had been silently working on this for like two years. I'm like, well, you never really asked to see what I'm up to. So, (laughs) I'm one of those people, like, I don't know, I just kind of go about my own way, and if people are interested, then I give them my all, like, kind of like you were first coming back into Pokemon, like, you know, we went over the years, like, you know, not really talking that much, or just kind of chiming in here and there, but then, like, when you actually, like, were genuinely interested in, like, me, my knowledge, and for Pokemon, like, you know, I'm happy to help you out. So that's just kind of how I am with, like, everything. Um, just generally reserved, but really not in a in a weird way. <laughs> if you're willing to, like, take the time to, like, get to know me and stuff like that.
1: But there are things, obviously, you have passion with Pokemon. I mean, that's, that's pretty clear. And I, I know a few other things you're, you're, you're passionate about, but what are some situations where that passion went from being an enjoyable passion to an obsession that was starting to become adversive to your daily activities?
0: Yeah. So a lot of my other passions, um, outside of Pokemon, which Pokemon did actually become a problem. So I guess I'll start with that one. And it was with Pokemon go, um, and then it also ties in my other struggles with video games. So I would say like with Pokemon in general, like it's all passion, especially collecting and whatnot. Um, I feel like I can limit myself pretty well with my collecting, but I'm also not selling. So I'm interested to see if like my passion kind of gets dampened now that I'm going to look at it more of a a business sense, but when Pokemon Go came out, that passion, you know, just carried straight over, and something that I can see in hindsight is with video games. For instance, today, like, I almost go out of my way not to play a new video game, because I know, like, I'm going to get really into it. Like, I really try to, like, stay clear of, like, video games that take up a lot of time. And when Pokemon Go came out, that passion kind of crossed over right into Pokemon Go. And I didn't realize it at the time because, you know, it was Pokemon. But, you know, obviously it's a video game. And being Pokemon Go, you have to go out and drive around and walk around and, you know, catch all these Pokemon. So that's when it was really starting to affect my like time management throughout the day. Um. I'd wake up and I'd, like, drive into town to play. And, like, me and my wife weren't together at the time when I first was into it. So it was it was a pretty good experience. You know, I could pretty much play whenever I wanted. I had a friend at work that would play with me. We would get off, like, we both worked night shift, her and I. I, I worked kind of like an evening shift where I'd get off at, like, 10.30 p.m. So after work, I'd, like, literally just go play and it'd be the perfect time because that's when the servers were actually running because less people were playing. And that's when me and you met. So it was like the perfect, it was the perfect obsession. You know, I didn't have any responsibilities and anything like that, but that did slide into an addiction. Once, you know, I started finding out where like other people were in the game. It's uh going back a little bit, coming up through the ranks, you know, I wasn't the highest level up until about like 20, 25. And then I started realizing like I was the highest level in the game, like in town at the time. It kind of became like a competition thing. You know, my passion turned into obsession. My obsession turned into addiction because I had to play to maintain the top.
1: And that was something that's been interesting with Pokemon because your experience is definitely not unusual with individuals who began playing Pokemon. It's not unusual to be competitive, especially within Pokemon Go. There was a lot of things within the game, medals, leveling up, talking to other people, and it's just bringing out that innate competitiveness, competitiveness of a lot of people, especially in a... In a subject, a game, with Pokemon that a lot of people were already passionate about. So you have this real world, app- applicability, applicability, <laughs> um, of Pokemon with the with the uh, AR,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's kind of like it brings it brings that I don't want to say kid in you, but it brings the youth in you, that that competitive edge, and if you're not careful you can, you can maybe get a little too competitive, but you know, it's, it's definitely your experience definitely a lot of people can relate to. I, I I feel like I know I can.
0: Yeah. Like I found out, started seeing your name around and this is kind of going back to how we met. Like I saw you were pretty much like ever since I known you, like the second highest level in town. And it was like me and you. And then maybe one other person, I can't remember who was like, I think at the time when I was 33, like you had just hit 32 and there may have been someone or maybe a couple of people who were like 30. Like we were pretty far ahead of everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. And so it then it it got to be like, oh, well, I got to stay ahead of Philip. I got to go out and play. I got to catch all these Pokémon. So, eventually though, it like, you know, I stepped back and I was like I just need to like take a break and I don't really care about being the top guy anymore like I don't want to maintain this it was getting like winter months I'm like I don't want to be out there in the cold <laughs> Yeah and so eventually you know that that faded away but uh when I did get back into it a couple years later um this is when I mean it was really when trading became a thing it trading became a thing and all that and I I was still kind of hesitant to get back into it for about a couple weeks, maybe up to a month. But, yeah, I eventually got back into it. I think I was, like, level 34, maybe 35 still, and I, like, I got 40 very quickly. I got 40 before um, some people who, like, were kind of casually playing but, like, never stopped playing um, that I started to notice. Like, I was just full-on back into it, um, I eventually quit again, just to kind of stop myself once again, because I was like, "All right, this is worse than the first time." I'm just doing it, I'm like spending all this gas money and driving around town just to play this game. Um, but yeah, I even I got myself up to a 100 mil XP pretty quick. I mean, I was like grinding that summer, and I was actually with my girlfriend at the time who became my wife and uh that was challenging kind of to uh balance that you know we didn't have a kid at the time she was in school still so it was wasn't as bad as you know some cases but like on days we'd be off i'd be like well i gotta go there's this event going on and gotta gotta get all this xp gotta catch these special pokemon it's one time event blah 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 and that was kind of the downfall to me like every week there's a new event, new shinies. It just got to be too much. So, Pokemon Go kind of made it easy for me. But um, I feel like the problem with me was more so like the video game addiction side. And uh, this is going back. You know, I've always been into video games. But going back when I was in high school. Neat um, little fact that a lot of people don't know about me. Um... I was actually number one in the world for Gears of War 2 Guardian playlist. Guardian's a game type within Gears of War. So a lot of people don't really know that about me. It's just kind of a weird random fact. Nothing really special about it other than I played a lot. But yeah, to be number one in the world in something, that was a pretty interesting experience. So that's kind of where a lot of it stems from. Is like I know I have that drive, I know what's possible if I stick to it, and in a way, it's helped me many ways throughout my life, but it's also helped me back a lot in life. like with Pokemon Go, it's like I know I can be more dedicated than ninety nine percent of people and just go all out, but it's not a good thing in some situations.
1: Yeah, what were some things that you've used to break from your obsessions? You've, I think you've kind of hinted at it a little bit. Like you said, you stopped playing, which you know sometimes removing yourself from whatever hobby or game you're in is the best thing to do, especially if you think you just can't control yourself if it's in front of you. Um, but what were some things that you found were effective in? simmering some of the obsessions and being able to take your, your mental focus from those aspects back to either your other passions or hobbies or just to your daily life activities.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing really that, that broke, you know, up until the second time around with Pokemon go, you know, back in the gears of war days. I mean, that's just all I did. I'd go to school. We would play like ultimate Frisbee after school and at night we would play gears of war. And Gears of War came out like, and especially in the cold months, like I think I was, I have it printed out somewhere, but I was ranked number one from like either October or November all the way through April. Um, and so back then, I mean, it was really just playing so much to where I'd literally get burned out. And normally I would get burned out a lot quicker in like a video game so like it's really dangerous i was just kind of like well i'm addicted i'm just gonna go all out and be obsessed with it for a couple weeks and then eventually i get my fix in enough to where like i can just back down a little bit but with gears of war i mean it was really hard back then because we always had a team of five people it was everybody like it was me, my close friend who was in the same grade as me, like three other people who were we who we were in high school with. Um, all played as a team, and we were all really good. And I think I think at one point, like I was number one. We had a friend that was number three, and two other friends who were like top twenty. And then our other guy was like top two hundred. And we were all on the same team every single night. Like you can just imagine how fun that is it's like going back to the old school Xbox 360 days and just playing games with your friends every night like i really wish we would have like recorded some of that stuff or something cuz we have a few montages here and there but just the fun we were having every night it was just unreal I had no responsibilities other than like going to school so back
1: see your i i was i was just going to say see your uh, some of your experiences in terms of obsession and maybe short term, you know, addiction, quote unquote, you know, they were, you were able to control them. Some of your obsessions, it was like self-controlled. You were, you have great self-control to be able to realize where, where you're at, what's going on, and take yourself out of that. And I think some people can relate. Yeah. But what 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 were some other things that you have decided to do when you felt like you couldn't get
0: when I out couldn't of it. get out yeah 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 in a lot of situations like that like I'm aware but I'm also aware that I'll eventually be out of it and over it so I just like let it happen but in some situations um like you're asking about where like I feel stuck um a little, well, the main one I think about is Pokemon Go the second time around. Because like I said, that summer when I got back into it, my drive was like, I got to reach 40 as fast as possible. These these casuals are getting 40 and I need to get 40. <laughs> and then it got to like, okay, the shiny chase. And then the, like I got, I doubled my XP to like 40 million pretty quick. Was it 40 million to 40 or 20 million?
1: It was twenty. It was twenty million to yeah. 40.
0: So I, I got to like forty million pretty quick, and then I like stopped kind of thinking about the XP, and then just started playing and like going after the shiny hunting, and then I crept up on a hundred mil without like, like realizing it. All this is all in one summer, and I was like, "Holy cow! Like this is just crazy!" I'm like driving around everywhere the Jeep that I drive is getting a little older. I can't be like driving this around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so at that point I decided to, you know, fully stop and I started exploring some options. Cause I knew if I like held on to a lot of that stuff, like I would, um, you know, keep coming back. That's exactly what I did. Um, the shadow Pokemon really kind of turned me off though So, I may have been okay because I was like, you know, the shadow Pokemon, I know they're going to release a shadow version of like every Pokemon, and then they have another excuse to release like a shiny version of the shadow Pokemon. Like, I just saw where the game was going, and I was like, all right, this is, they're just milking this for as much as they can get. And I actually made the decision to actually sell the account totally. So, that's a Section where I like had to really like detach myself fully. Like, in a way, I didn't like where the game was going, so I was I knew that I was in a place like, well, if I sell this, I want to sell it now because I'm able to let go in my current frame of mind. Like, I'm not wanting to play the game, but if I wait a couple months, I'm gonna be like, uh, kind of want to hold on to it because I'm gonna play one day. And then two months after that, when I play again, it's going to just start all over.
1: So you basically had to quit cold turkey. That was that was what you had to do, just completely remove yourself entirely from yeah. that culture. And I, I remember that happening. Like, you just kind of, like, disappeared. Yeah. Like, and it was all of a sudden you were around and, and you weren't.
0: And that's how, like, a lot of... A lot of things were, like, I was involved in, like, the raid and chat groups, and I was like, eh, I'm over it. And then I just kind of dropped off and sold the account, and then, yeah, just kind of went from there. But, and I do play, um, or I don't play now, but I have played before where, like, my friends get together and I'll make a new account. I've made a new account to see, like, only where I could only catch shiny Pokemon and spin stops. Like, so it just kind of, it's fun doing that where it kind of limits you. But so I'll still kind of play casually like that. But since I sold that account, I had a lot of good stuff on it and, um, gave some stuff to some friends. And, uh, yeah, by doing that, every time I get a hitch to play, Like, I kind of got an itch to play a couple months ago. I was like, well, you know, I'll try it out. It's kind of, like, stopped me because I don't have that account anymore, and I don't really feel that bad about it either. So
1: Yeah, see, I could never do that um, at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and that was, you know, I had a lot of good stuff, but it wasn't so far along. Like, if you look at it, aside from the initial craze like I only put in like three extra months during that summer even though I went like ridiculously hard those three months like I didn't have a lot of spread out time invested and I did take a very long break in between those so it wasn't like I was tied to this since the beginning even though it was my main account But
1: you see you have great self-awareness and recognizing potential issues, understanding yourself and knowing how your more negative aspects of your personality can become detrimental to you and you have, you plan accordingly. Yeah. You plan accordingly because you you do have such great self-awareness and it's, it's really interesting hearing your story compared to what I'm going to say because my, you, like the juxtaposition between the two is going to be glaring. <laughs> um I did because have one my, more
0: thing I want to touch on okay. here in a minute. Okay, you, you,
1: yeah, you're good. I, I was just going to say, yours is the healthy way of doing things. <laughs> and when we get to mine, it's going to be the unhealthy way. Uh, but yeah, go, go ahead and, and finish what, what you were going to say. So I was just going
0: to say one last thing. Um, yeah, I am kind of self-aware with the stuff. But I'm aware of how much I can get by with it as well. <laughs> Which is not <laughs> not a... Not the most healthy thing. Like, sure, it's a healthy way of going about it, knowing the problem. But I'm also finding ways to navigate the problem. It's like, well, I have this problem, but it's okay if I can do this. And, you know, so it's not the most perfect way to do it. Like, the only other thing I was going to add on is my current situation. Um, I've been playing Lost Ark, which is like a big MMO. I got sucked into the, the MMO life. For the last two months, I've been pretty much, like, obsessed with that, still actively playing it, and, uh, this week is the first week that I felt, like, not so attached where I gotta play in my free time, like, uh, you know, like we said, opening day in baseball and the Masters Golf Tournament is happening right now, and I'm gonna just chill probably the rest of the day and watch those as I edit this, and you know kind of go from there whereas like last week even i would just ignore that and like just play the game and like edit when like my wife was doing something else or like the baby was sleeping just to like cram it in there somewhere so i could play so it is a struggle and i did kind of limit myself these last couple months cuz like when the wife and baby go to sleep i can play late at night but it's so I just kind of, like, like I said, I just kind of managed it. I haven't taken care of it. And I didn't really want to play this game in the first place, but a couple of friends really got into it, so I tried it out. And so I got to see firsthand over the last couple months how this spiral happens. So every couple of years something happens where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I see the spiral coming. And then it happens, and then I manage it, and then eventually I get either burned out or tired of it or move on to something else. And a lot of that something else is Pokemon. Like, I'll be super passionate, super dedicated to Pokemon. I'll, like, find a new game like Lost Ark, get into it, like, no life it for a while, and then I'll creep back into Pokemon. Pokemon is, like, the buffer in between everything. So that's kind of what I... yeah. And that's kind of what I want to focus on more of here in the next couple months when I make that job change is like really limit myself to excess noise and just keep Pokemon as like a, you know, a constant because like when I get into Pokemon, it's not as bad as like these spurts of other things, but it's more consistent. So it's, it's more manageable because I, I do it over time. So just want to kind of focus more on a a business aspect and like content aspect. I want to put more time into like, you know, the podcast making posts and thumbnails and maybe videos about some hobby education and all that. And I want to put my passion to good use and not let it become more of an addiction with some of these other things. But yeah, uh,
1: like you're, I I say, you're using your passion to really make content and give advice to the community where there's a lot of individuals who are newer that could really use more knowledge from somebody that's been around the block for a while.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much like my whole struggle with it. Um, So in general, like I said, mostly passion, obsession, but definitely addiction when some other factors going in i think the biggest thing for me is when that passion and addiction collide and a lot of that through my through my life has happened like with competition and so like i'm really if i get to the point where i'm really driven that's when it's kind of scary for me but like even going back to those gears of war games like we controlled those games we controlled the outcome like we didn't just play and beat the other team we like we let them live to like get more points <laughs> like i don't know if i get into that mode where i'm like controlling the situation and like i realize i have that power like it's it's pretty pretty dangerous addiction-esque in that point in time but uh yeah enough about me time to Talk a little about on your end. Um, so I know you've had, you know, outside of video games and Pokemon, um, a couple other things you wanted to touch on. Um, one thing I didn't really know is kind of where you wanted to start with all that. So uh, if you want to kind of give like a little layout of your experience, and then I could maybe kind of ask you some stuff on that. and, and we can I think the best that. way
1: to... Honestly, I think the best way to understand is we're gonna kind of start um, around the beginning. That's probably the the best way to go ahead and start. And the easiest thing to so I've I've always had obsessive slash addictive personality. It's been around for a long time since I can remember. If it it was, I remember as a kid, it was often games that i would often find myself playing for 15 hours in a day yes you heard that 15 hours in a day and i was able to play that long because i was prescribed adderall from from a young kid now the reason why i bring up that story is because later in life as i was still using adderall as prescribed by my doctor i began to abuse it more and i delved further into drinking And there's a lot of things I've learned from my years as an alcoholic to sobering up that I reflect back to whenever I feel like I'm falling into a similar behavior with other tasks. And so for me, I used all that to escape from reality. I use, I mean, I use the drinking to escape from reality. I had. Both my grandparents had Alzheimer's. My I saw my dad had early onset Alzheimer's. The signs were evident. So I figured if I'm going to die young, I'm, I might as well go out my way. That was kind of the idea I had. And, you know, that's I was okay with that. I was okay with just keep on drinking, just keep on drinking. And I had that same mentality even as I was playing this game. Yeah. Um, I, like whenever you met me, I was often drinking <laughs> yeah. uh, i I don't know how much you knew about it, but I mean sometimes it was obvious sometimes i I stopped caring because I was already buzzed, you know carrying around seven shooters, and that was just a normal night um yeah. i remember i
0: like I remember it being a thing I remember like maybe it was a little too much, but like i didn't i didn't see it as too much of a problem, like you did a good job of like You know, really, I mean, maybe you shouldn't have been doing a good job, but, like, you did a good job of, like, (laughs) kind of hiding it, but, like, you knew something was up because, you know, we'd hit up a gas station and you buy a couple and, like, stuff like that, but...
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, um, I, I continued to abuse it, and I did it to escape from the reality of the situation of, boy, you know, seeing my grandparents and my dad, when you... I never experienced somebody with Alzheimer's, they become shells of their former self, and it becomes scary. It becomes very scary. And I share a lot of the same mannerisms as my dad. So I was like, well, I'm gonna be next. I'm gonna be next. So that was the mentality I had, and that obviously is not healthy. That is nowhere near healthy, and it can be dangerous not just to yourself, but to your loved ones and other people around you. And as I was playing Pokemon Go, and I, I met my girlfriend, I continued to drink, continue to drink, and obviously it puts strain on that relationship, but I was able to lean onto her. I would not be where I am today without her, but I was able to quit cold Turkey drinking on 420 2017.
0: and nice. And that's the, the, we had, the summer, beginning of the summer after Pokemon Go.
1: Yep. And so, yes, I'm coming up on my five year sobriety in two weeks. And one thing I've learned from that is take everything one day at a time. That is all we can do. That is all we, we can really control. Thinking too far ahead can put yourself on more pressure than is necessary. Focus on the moment and be aware of yourself and what's going on within you and around you. And with that mentality, I used that energy that I was obviously applying to drinking and that transfixed back into Pokemon Go. And I was already playing pretty hard. I was already I, I didn't realize how far I was in the world by February of 2022. Yeah. But I, I like they uh, whatever the level 40 club finally making their stats and Kang V was able to make a stat sheet which formulated you know the top players I was in the top 100 for months like a year yeah. um and what was crazy was I was like in the top 20 for, for battles that was one of my favorite parts of the game was was battling and I was in the top 100 for, in the world for battles for months and I I had only had like a thousand, like a thousand battles maybe in an eight month period, but I was still th- that high up. A lot of um, people didn't yeah. really
0: care for the battling. That's one thing I didn't care for. Cause I was used to like the handheld game, like game boy game battling. So I think that's where a lot of people were turned off with that. But I mean, still crazy though. <laughs> that was Being my favorite that aspect
1: of, of, of the game. I would like, so some of the adverse behaviors I would go, I would, I would be drinking obviously. And, I would go out and I like I would just get off work or I would go out in an ice storm and I would clear the whole entire downtown campus area of all of the Holler gyms. That's like twenty gyms in the older gym system, they were all tier seven or higher. Yeah. So we're talking like a tier ten, you're talking like a thirty minute, forty minute battling. And I would just do that. i like that would be almost a nightly activity for me. <laughs> and it obviously was not healthy and that obsession at first it was an obsession getting to forty, but when it started becoming an addiction it was shortly after I quit drinking. I basically went from alcohol to Pokemon Go. And I would play basically pretty much sun up to sundown. Like I would have the app almost constantly open. I would get up, open the app, I would go and walk. I would go and walk maybe 12 kilometers, maybe more. I didn't have a car during then. So I basically, I mean, i would probably walk 20 kilometers a day. The, um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't walk anywhere near as much as I have a car now. So, <laughs> yeah. but, but it became to where I began ignoring other life activities and responsibilities yeah, I found I found a job in retail just to, just you know because I lost my other job from drinking, I was drinking on the job and the supervisor smelled it, um, but I was able to focus on Pokemon Go as a way to escape from reality. And some of the things that I ignored were well, one is I worked at a job that wasn't necessarily that great, but allowed me to to play Pokemon Go. Pretty much a good portion of the time I was on the clock. Yeah. And the other life responsibilities I was ignoring was... So I didn't have a car, so I had to arrange to to go up to St. Louis to see my dad. Well, there were times where it was becoming too much for even he to bear. And I would just play the game, even when there was opportunities where I could have gone up to see him. And that's obviously very unhealthy yeah. where you're and it became to a point where i only pretty much talked to and communicated with individuals from or who only played pokemon like that was everybody in my social circle if you didn't play pokemon i kind of stopped talking to you
0: yeah that's kind of why we kind of went on hiatus like you know we talked even the first get together, like with Pokemon Go, we would kind of talk a little bit about other stuff. Like I was trying to get you into Pokemon card collecting. And then yeah. I was trying to get you to check out the actual games. Cause that's one thing that helped me too. Is like, I kind of went back and played, um, I think it was sun and moon or I was playing X and Y pretty heavily, but then like sun and moon came out and I was like, dude, I mean, I know you like the games and all, but you should try, you know, the Game Boy versions. You, there's there's a lot more in-depth for, like, the end game and all that. But, you know, there's no stopping you at that moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was always one goal after another. At first, um, once I hit 40, uh, it was like, let, let's hit a 100 million XP. And I had 100 million XP shortly after... Um, I think it was uh, January of 2018 is when I hit 100 million XP. But then I hit 200 million XP that same year. And at one point, I was also top 100 in the world for XP because <laughs> that became high drive, like 100 million XP, 200 million XP, 300 million XP, 400 million XP. You know, it just it was a never ending goal. And then it won't, Then it was like, okay, XP and gyms. Let's get all the gyms within my walking distance because I still didn't have a car in 2017. And that's when there's the gym revamp where you could have gold gym badges and i got everything within my walking distance which was like 80 gems and then i had to find a new goal and that went towards the xp and then eventually it went from the xp goal to um the shiny goal yeah that was like in that was like in 2018 basically shortly after trading bb B- became available um and i you know i continued even I continued through 2018 and, you know, that was, I still played hard even once my dad passed of Alzheimer's and, but I started slowing down at that moment because that was when I started to realize, I started to look back at what was going on and within myself and like, I started seeing the world pass around me. Like you look up from your phone and the world is just passing you by Yeah. and you start, and you start to wonder what is going on with me. This this is kind of needs to stop. So so the seeds were were beginning to be laid during that time period in 2018. But as as typical, I found another goal. The I I could not get away from the game. I found another goal, and that was complete all the shinies. And guess what? I did it <laughs> <laughs> at the, at the time. Anyways, like since there's been a lot more, I'm I'm not. I I was able to get a decent amount back. But now I think I'm missing like 80 or something. But at the time it was like almost 500 shinies, including the events. I was only missing like four special event shinies. I was able to heal and deal to to make trades. Um, But yeah, but then once that happened and I quit my crappy retail job to focus on myself and bettering myself and started teaching myself more things with IT that I could use for other jobs. And I started playing less and less in October of 2019, and then the pandemic happened, and I played a, a, a little bit, but then that's when I was able to finally, And that a little bit after that, it was like May, when I, I got my call, suddenly I, was, I got passionate about photography, I was able to finally break it, I was able to break myself from Pokemon Go and become passionate about photography with a lot of the stuff that was going on at, at that time. And I produce in six months' worth of work a quarter million photos with things that I want to take photos of. I would I would go out like five days a week and and shoot and and find something to shoot. And that was always one of my first passions was photography. So you're talking about a way to reset yourself with Pokemon. For me, I was able to successfully do that and get out of Pokemon Go finally with photography. Yeah. And I got to the point where I wasn't, I was opening gifts still like m- most days for people that I knew were trying to get like best friend of the XP with me. But I got to a point where I was actually in October um, when I got back into put to the TCG after hearing about logic, that's finally when I kind of become less passionate with photography or I, I still love photography, but I just haven't really shot that much in the last year and a half. And then I, I went into the Pokemon TCG when hearing the news and I was using that at the time to kind of escape from the realities of the situations that was going on in the world. But I probably went a little too hard. But, like, the first thing I did going from photography to Pokemon is I started trying to find as much product to buy as I, as I possibly could. And I went hard. I would basically clear out shelves. I did that fairly r- <laughs> a- eagerly. And I was able to get pulls where I was able to buy like I'd buy two or three. And then I was like, okay, let me go ahead and sell this and break even. And then I, I can use that money to buy more. And it was just a rotating way. But I was actually able to make money because the hype and the supply and demand was so low. Um, obviously, okay, so like I didn't scalp per se. I basically bought things that I ended up with for other people and they end up, up not wanting it because I wasn't a- able to talk to them. But I know some people might have issues with that. The I wasn't hanging out at Walmart trying to do things to like scalp them. Yeah. I was trying to basically, I cleared out shelves and the goal was to sell to other friends but then they didn't want it. So I was like, okay, I guess maybe keep it from my collection. I, I kept a bunch of stuff from Evolutions that I have sold out all in the 25th anniversary when I realized I went out of modern and I went into vintage.
0: Um yeah, but, not at all. I mean, everyone was doing some form of it. Like, if you walked into Walmart and you saw a product at that time, like, everyone was buying it. Because, I mean, it just made sense. Um, it's really no you one's... Can it? It's yeah. really no one's specific fault for, you know, the production problems. It's just what the hobby became. But... Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But... I kind of was, went so I, I went from the, the photography that I was very passionate about um, to the Pokemon TCG, and I was passionate about it, but it quickly became an obsession, and that obsession was, I want to just go to stores here within our own city, I would go to adjacent cities and buy buy them out, because again, I missed the, I, I missed the, uh, or I beat the hype by just a small enough window to clear out everything for almost about a month before it started becoming unreal and because i was working part-time i went from full-time to part-time and i stayed part-time until uh or i was like doing several odd jobs but it was technically part-time from like a w2 standpoint Mm -hmm. so I i had a lot of time to be able to buy product more like during the day like they say they stock it like i remember i was in one of the neighboring cities they stocked it at 10 a.m. I was there at 10.30, cleared them out. Just got completely lucky. And I happened several times. And But it got to the point where it was definitely an obsession, like, every single day. Trying to see when the, the stores would hit. I would circle all three Walmarts in our town, and I would do this several times a day. Not just a week, but a day.
0: Yeah, and you were new and, to the hobby, and, like, you haven't you weren't able to like experience product on the shelves normally, like before then, you know, very limited. So, I mean, you just wanted to like open and enjoy the hobby and find stuff, but that was the struggle with 2020. There's so many newer people collecting. It just was a bad situation for a while. And hopefully we won't be seeing that in the near future.
1: Yeah. And, um, so whenever I was, able to, I was still able to make money from it. So it was, so yes, I spent a lot of time, but I was also making money, but it really was just me spending a lot of money within my hobby. That's all the money went back into the hobby. Pretty much. I would make it, I would go right back into the, into the hobby. Um, and I started spending a little too much. Like I was making my money, but I was starting to practice bad and what they call bad investing habits, using credit to buy more than you could before at the time, but I always made my money, but that was also very risky. Yeah. I don't advise anybody to do that at all. That was very, very risky, what I did. But it ended up wor- working out for me. I took a chance on myself and the market, and I was right. But I would not do that, do not do what I, what I did at all. Um, I remember there was people, but,
0: like even well-known YouTubers, and I actually kind of got a little hate from it. Um, there was one specific YouTuber who was pretty well off and he actually was involved with some like third party grading and all that. Um, He had a video where he was literally, this is peak hype peak, like brand new people watching his content. He was literally telling people like how to start a business with it and everything, which is fine. Even though this guy had his business for quite a while before, He was literally telling people to, like, increase their capital, apply for credit cards, you know, buy stuff that way. Like, the the easy way to increase your capital is, like, just applying for the credit cards and going about it that way. Buy more product in order to make more gains down the road. And in a way, I mean, that's what some companies do on a normal growing scale. But, like, if you're talking about peak Pokemon hype, Everyone was so unsure if this was going to continue to happen. Maybe he thought it was. But I remember making a comment like, this is the worst financial advice I've ever heard in my life. Something along those lines. (laughs) And I typed like a mini paragraph. And a few people jumped on there and was like, yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous. And then a couple other people were like, well, you're not going to be making as much money or something like that. It was like it wasn't a neutral topic. Like they had people passionate about it in one way and the other. And then I even like made a cheeky comment on E4 <laughs> the pro boards, the E4 forum. Um, it was something totally unrelated, but it was like talking about financial situations and the hype, And I made a comment on there, like, there's this one YouTuber, not to name names, like, I didn't name him, but I was like, there's YouTubers literally telling people to go out and apply for credit cards to buy Pokemon cards right now.
1: Which is bad investing practices. And he
0: commented on that. (laughs) He he commented and replied to me on there. And I was like, he said something along the lines, he kind of described himself like, uh, oh, yeah, don't listen to an old guy like me. I don't know anything. Like, he was poking fun back at it. He didn't take it too personally, but you could tell he was like, oh, yeah, don't take my advice, whatever you say. But it's like, dude, (laughs) that's like nothing else became of it. But I was like, man, it's like the worst advice you could give right now. And then look what happened. I'm sure a lot of people did that. A lot of people bought celebrations on credit thousands of boxes probably went to you know random guys who were like all right i've kind of i've held off now but celebrations has got to be the set that's going to be the best this year and so they finally jumped in on celebrations and got burned like their first experience
1: well yeah i was what i was i was going to say is i was starting to put put myself into bad financial practices i was using my passion that was originally a healthy outlet from dealing with things that were going on in my life a lot better than going back to alcohol which i never did again I'm gonna be five years sober in two weeks Very, very proud of that but there were times where i could see myself dipping back into a problematic situation yeah. and one i got burned finally i i got hit after hit like i bought shiny star b boxes i got the, the top hit I bought Champions Path, got the top hit. It was, I bought Evolutions, got multiple top hits. Was able to flip it, it like for almost a thousand dollars. Those Charizard PSA nine, it was like eight fifty. You know, those are like hundred dollars now. I was okay. able to flip. So I mean, I was getting very, very lucky. And finally, there was a wake up call when I struck out with Battle Styles, and that kind of was a sobering moment of like, okay, let's chill out. Let's sh- I I kind of re- reset myself. in. let's chill out and let's look at where we're at with things. Again, I didn't like lose a bunch of money, thankfully, because of the hype. I was fortunate; like it was almost impossible. I, th- I felt like to to lose money. I was able to, but it was a situation where I reflected back to what I've learned from sobering up and what I learned from finally removing myself from Pokemon Go. Basically, take one day at a time, tell yourself what's really important in life, what really matters, that at at the end of the day, this is a hobby. It's fun. We all love it. But there are more important matters that come first. Real life things that come first. And once you kind of tell yourself and you kind of pull yourself out from whatever hole that you crawled into, you can reset. You can be like, okay, now how can I make myself better? Because at the end of the day, a lot of us every day are trying to make ourselves better, a better person, a better athlete, a better artist, whatever. We're always trying to better ourselves and do the best that we can. Sometimes you have to remind yourself daily these very things to keep yourself from falling into bad habits. And one of my best, one one of I things that I I can advise an individual that's struggling with anything, either in this hobby or, or other things, is one you gotta be willing to make the changes yourself. Two, you gotta be willing to seek help from other people when it's offered and when you know it's needed. And when you can recognize those issues within yourself and, and your habits, that's a great start to be able to pull yourself back from a potentially very negative situation. And I know sometimes it's hard. Like I know a lot of people, like they get sealed product and they're like, I can't keep it open, I can't keep it open. You know what? That's fine. If you get one box and you can't keep it open and you want to open it, that's fine. That's what enjoying the hobby is for. It's when you begin buying Box after box, booster box after box, hoping you hit that chase card to break even or make your money, and then you find out, oh, because you know the market now, now people are seeing because of all the, all the modern product that it falls, the cards fall. They might come back up because of the demand in short term, but you'll see that you'll see it plateau again with a lot of that modern product whenever they get another reprint or restock or, or whatever. And if, a lot of this realizes slow down. If you slow down. Sometimes you're, you're going so fast, you're not looking at what's around you. You're getting like this tunnel vision.
0: Yeah. But
1: if you're able to slow down, remove yourself, almost like step outside yourself, and look at the situation, you can make a lot of changes and you can prevent yourself from falling into some of the habits, some of the bad habits that I have fallen into and a lot of other people have as well.
0: Yeah, and everybody but, wants to okay. open the newest set and all that. Like, it's normal to feel that way. Yeah. But if you're not experiencing that addiction or that need to open, like, you can step back and realize that this has been a thing since the very beginning. Sets are most expensive when they first release. They're kind of hard to get because everybody wants to open them. And then a couple months later, when the next set's coming out, like, a lot of times those cards are starting to creep down and plateau. Like the best time to buy cards, well, the best way to buy cards is to buy singles, obviously, which I don't think a lot of people will argue with. Like you're only buying packs and boxes for the enjoyment of actually opening and getting that surprise. So you have to kind of weigh that out for yourself if, you know, what that means to you. Um, You will be, over the long run, like with your case, Philip, you know, spending more money course you might get lucky you might get some crazy stuff but in general you're gonna lose going that route I and mean, the best time yeah, to I buy since, singles
1: uh, yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna say
0: <laughs> the best time to buy singles is always like months after the set's actually released when the sets came out and maybe even they've had a reprint
1: i was just gonna say that i've since so i ended up buying a bunch of EV heroes as well i bought a bunch of EV heroes because i wanted to try to pull the chase card again so i I almost kind of went to bad habits but like i was expecting to spend a lot of money on it i wanted to open a lot from that set because this heroes look so amazing i wanted to open a bunch and i loved every minute of it i bought 11 boxes i kept two sealed i i I got the secret rare on two others and i just i just kind of stopped and i loved opening every every bit of it and that's fine if you want to open that much from that set you know that's kind of what the hobby is about but but you know i i planned that and that was the last set i was going to go hard with um for seal product and i since then i think i've only spent like 250 bucks on seal product since then and it was during it was for it was for celebrations it was the Pokey center celebrations the etvs and like the v union box yeah and i haven't really bought any seal products since then <laughs> But obviously, with this go set that's coming out, that's probably going to change things. But yeah. I mean, yeah, like I, I, I got the fix of opening, of opening cards out. Every now and then, I, I, kind of, I like, I kind of would open, but I was able to get that edge out completely. So yes, I did go hard, but I was also able to get my fix so well that I don't even need it. And then also, my conscious is telling me, just like the the the, the number game, like you're not going to get, statistically speaking, you're probably not going to get the cards you want. And just tell myself that before I ever think about buying steel product, just knowing that I'm probably not going to get it. And once you tell yourself that, and you just do it because you're fun, you're having fun with the set, then, then that's what the hobby is all about. But it's when it becomes to where you, it's like this, you're, this dopamine rush that you're trying to, you're trying to hit. That that's when it, it can become unsteady ground. And I've actually. Come. I also kind of just want to say one more thing. I've actually yeah. came back to Pokemon Go, and it's back to the gym parts. But now, every time I feel like I'm becoming too obsessed, what do I do? I take a step back. This happens several times a month. And I force myself not to play. I do not open. I do not catch a Pokemon. I do not spin a stop.
0: Yeah, you've got to kind I of... Do that. You're aware yep. of it now and limit yourself. and. Same way yeah. with the TCG and all that too.
1: And I could kind of so see
0: some- you going through all those phases you just explained. Like, <laughs> you know, and in a way, that's why I really, that's why I really went all out and, you know, giving you all the help you needed in the beginning. Cause I knew you were, you know, whether it's a good or bad thing, I knew you were passionate or obsessed enough to like stick with it. And like, I wasn't wasting my time and like, you were going to, because you, I knew you were like how I was, you know, we're really similar with the game, you know, competitive and obsession and all that. Like I recognize that in people. Um, it's almost to a fault of mine as well. Like if I'm really wanting to get into something or I'm really wanting someone to check something out or whatever the case may be, I can almost instantly tell if, they're actually going to do it or if they're actually going to like put thought into it like I would and sometimes that makes me feel like you know offended or like sad that they're not gonna get into it or look at it or whatever the case may be like I can recognize that in people but like talking to you about Pokemon like I knew you had the passion and like the drive you know a from Pokemon Go but just the way you were talking to me as well like I can I can pick that up pretty easily from people. And those are the people I like to talk to often because they keep me driven into whatever I'm currently in at the moment. But I could, I was trying to guide you in a way where like I knew evolutions was potentially a, the best thing to open to experience and be the most likely to go up in value. So I was loosely trying to like, you know, show you the way in that aspect but
1: yeah and i was just gonna say one one more thing as well um so you need to find if people are struggling with this you need to find what works for you what works for us might not work for you and that's fine but if you can maybe apply some of the techniques that we've used into your own life maybe it could help with some some struggles that you're potentially having and Obviously going so hard can lead to burnout. And I, I can tell you right now, I had burnout from after the going hard on, on the battle styles. So from like May, it was like after E V Heroes until celebrations, I hardly bought any product. I kind of stepped away from everything. And, and that's the point far where I fire, tried
0: like warning you too. I kinda noticed it was kind of becoming a problem. And you were like yeah. do battle styles. It's like I love these alt arts. And I was like, uh, I cool. wanted that T-tar so bad you know, <laughs> I
1: was like so it's bad. cool but the...
0: <laughs> Yeah it's got some good stuff And it's still a good set I mean all the sets now are great But yeah, the way you were talking I was like it's going to be good But it's not going to be like You know that good Like this is the norm And if you look at the norm It's not the top of the norm <laughs> But you know you just kind of have to Experience a lot of that for yourself sometimes
1: and a lot of times going so hard, you know, a flame that burns twice as hard will fizzle out twice as fast. And I I think that if you do approach burnout, that's okay. That doesn't mean you've, you've lost your love for Pokemon or the Pokemon CCG. You can, you can remove yourself or really, really limit yourself within the hobby for a few months, even if it's financially or just for your mental health. That's completely fine. Mental health... Is very important especially if you find that it's impacting your spiritual aspect your emotional aspect all these things and you can come out from burnout after a little time like i got burned out going from place to place uh trying to find seal product i mean i spent for for i remember for uh shiny fates i spent eight hours i took the day off because it was it was the my birthday weekend <laughs> And trying to get shiny fits. But there was a big winter storm in Texas. Y'all probably remember it. And GameStop is based in Texas. And all this stuff was coming from there because of the ice storm. And there wasn't any sealed product. And I spent so much hours trying to get that product because I wanted to open the set. And only to find out that, you know, it was a waste of time. And that, that, that was kind of like the final straw. I yeah. was burned out from from going to those places. But you find other passions within the hobby. <laughs> educate yourself on the hobby and other things and then find other passions. And you, and you might recover from burnout faster than than normal. And finally, one other thing I, I, I wanted to say was I cannot preach this enough, but just take anytime you're having struggles with anything, not just Pokemon, just remember one day at a time we can only do what we can do.
0: Yep. The biggest thing that helps for me, it's like, I have many interests and a lot of the interests aren't as big as Pokemon, but like I'll be obsessed with one at a time rotating. A lot of times, you know, I'll just back off and like just start dabbling in another interest. Like uh, playing Kendama is one or listening to music is one. Like I'll just step back and instead of playing Lost Ark, maybe I'll just turn on some music and play Kendama. And that really does a, a good job is like mentally resetting and like showing me like there's other stuff out there aside from this one thing right now. So
1: yeah, resetting is very important. We, we've kind of come to realize through this conversation, isn't it? Being yeah. able to step back to square one is important.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, man, pretty, pretty good main topic there. I know once I guess we can wrap it up and say like, once again, we're not therapists or anything. This is yeah, just yeah. our experience. Uh, you know,
1: so once again, I guess, you know, I, I sound like a broken record. And one more thing, you know, from the <laughs> Jackie Chan Adventures. And one more thing! And
0: one more um, thing!
1: <laughs> Jackie? Jackie! <laughs> You're messing with <up laughs> But, uh, yeah, so the last thing I, I just wanted to say, you know, the one, one more thing um, was we are not therapists. This is our personal stories that we've used that we hope could be beneficial to just one listener to this podcast
0: for sure. All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the Q and a, we're going to keep this last part of the podcast. We got the Q and a in the game corner, but we're going to keep it pretty short because you know, in-depth topic, that's a good spot to end on its own. So we don't want to take up too much time or too much more time and, uh, allows us all to reflect on the knowledge (laughs) <laughs> but uh <laughs> for q and A's i mean I wouldn't even count this as a question now based on what we talked about, but just a quick okay. little question for you I mean, um, when do you know your need to step back and what was your biggest regret in collecting? I mean, I assume the the step back point would be with your with your dad and the biggest regret would be kind of your experience with battle styles and all that. Uh, yeah,
1: for for my, uh, for my me, um, I was starting to become aware, uh, like, yeah, with my dad and his Alzheimer's, I knew it was bad, but he never, like, one thing, even whenever it was getting bad, he never, like, he always recognized who I was, which for a lot of people with Alzheimer's, that's actually huge. The fact that he was able to still recognize it says a lot. Um, but kind of, like, towards the end there, um, whenever he, he did pass, that was a very sombering moment and obviously i i i played to to, like that's how i I was able to escape from reality but that was kind of crept
0: up on you and then it was there and then you're like oh shit you know that
1: that was the wake-up call that was the first wake-up call in the beginning of the end for me playing pokemon go hardcore i i still play dedicated but like hardcore and like usually there's there's something that there's a moment where you're, that there's like a somber moment that happens that it just triggers something in your mind and you take a step back and, and you, you realize it. But the most important thing is always try to be self-aware or maybe not too self-aware, but like every so often, maybe, maybe just once a day, take a look. If, if you're If you're thinking about, you're worried about your situation, take a step back and look at what's going on. If you feel like if you feel like you also, if you have a lot of anxiety that's being stemming from this, you need to think about what it's doing to your mental health and take a step back that way. You usually like hopefully, you know it when it happens. It's it's not like any one thing. You just know it when it happens. But the important thing I've learned going forward is being self-aware of my situation always. Um, so being if knowing that which, which is the crossing limit, the, the tipping point of when I've stepped over the line from a passion obsession to addiction. And thankfully, like, you know, when I, I came back, I put myself, I put parameters on myself, like strict guidelines and how I was going to play and I've stuck to them.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's very important.
0: Yeah. Now, and, nowadays I'm going to have to really limit myself for the, uh, for the games especially like I already kind of do that but I mean I let myself slip sometimes and just go because maybe I'm not like you know doing anything in the next few months or whatever but I just uh need to limit myself more of actually initiating it but one of the points for me was like you know Gears of War 2 days we really didn't have any responsibilities to like trigger anything. We were just in high school and whatnot. So I eventually just burned out. And then the leaderboards actually got hacked where like everyone on the leaderboards was like a, you know, people who had hacked and put in fake stats in there. So at that point, like I didn't care about it at all. So I was like, good. you know, I don't have to worry about the leaderboards anymore. (laughs) So maybe that was a (laughs) thing, but. Yeah, Pokemon Go, I mean, that's pretty pretty much the biggest thing, because like I said, my passion and obsession collided and formed an addiction, and it's when, you know, I'd get a little bit of free time and, you know, ask people around me, like, oh, I might just run into town real quick, and then I'd speed to town, play as much as I could, speed back home, because I was running late, so that's that was the main point for me, that's when I realized that I needed to take. Like I knew the action that I needed to take all along, even, you know, throughout my whole life with games, but it was time to actually enact on it and do it.
1: Yeah. And you, and you also mentioned what was like one of the worst purchases or parts of collecting that I made. It was yes. 100% battle styles. Oh my God. It's uh, it's almost (laughs) embarrassing to talk about, but like, because I gave it to FOMO so hard that that's, that's really what it was. The hype with the alternate arts, and I, like I said, I was making money from all these sets. I'm like, I, I, I can't lose. I can't possibly miss. And so it basically ended up being like a, a case worth. So it's like over nine hundred dollars. And obviously, we all know how how far those uh, battle styles went down too. It was it like eighty eight bucks? Yeah, or something they went like that. Pretty good. So I mean, yeah, I mean, do the math. Three hundred fifty bucks. I spent more than I should have. Like that's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, like that. That can at least for my collection that the heck could that could really hit some goals right now. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. It's it's water under the bridge. Learn from your mistakes and understand and acknowledge your mistakes. Don't just be like, oh no, I didn't make a mistake. was just a more you know. Don't <laughs> deflect blame. Accept your Accept where you messed up and learn from it. And obviously, looking back, you can say, oh, that was a, a stupid decision. But honestly, that was only like month four of me being into the hobby, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it, w- it wasn't that long ago, but that was only month four of me going hard in the hobby. And I was still learning. And,
0: and you were yes, going to, high- yeah, you were going to have it either way, just cause you were new Yeah. and you, it was in a unique situation of being the most hype market ever. But the only things I, I never had really a specific buy regret. Um, just cause I do a really good job. I think of, you know, waiting and kind of planning it out. Um the only things that you could say in near or in recent times is like uh, I did buy E V Heroes special box. I think they went down a little bit more after I bought it. Like I but even then I waited and I bought one at like three eighty, I think, and then they went down to like three fifty. And I think, yeah, I think they've actually 30, came back so. up. They came back up a little bit. Um, and then another one yeah. was the, uh, ultra premium collection boxes. I did eventually buy one of those. Oh, maybe. you did buy one of those. Yep. I did buy them. Actually got two. Um, but this was a few months back. I thought I told you about it, but maybe I didn't, but you know, I, I bought those and they, they went down slightly more, but regardless of those, you know, I waited a, months on top of that. And, I know like I'm putting the money in those for like the long term. Like A, they're either gonna be the most fun opening I could possibly think of. You know, being from the current modern era, it's gonna bring me back to the crazed times and I'm just gonna have a bunch of fun opening it down the road, or, you know, I could sell it and I have pretty strong confidence that they'll be at least what I bought them for or more. And with those two boxes in particular, I think they're gonna be Pushing $1,000 per box more, you know, it's still going to take a long time, I think. But as far as the Ultra Premium Collection and the gold cards, metal cards, and then the EV Heroes, which is a Japanese product of Evolving Skies, um, I think those are pretty solid products for the future. And we're even seeing that with Evolving Skies. Like, Evolving Skies remains to be, like, the strongest modern set. And, you know, there might be a reprint coming, but people just love the product. And if you look at Eevee Heroes, it's Evolving Skies minus, you know, the stuff people don't want, essentially, aside from Rayquaza. And it's all Eevee. <laughs> so, and the box art is like some of the best they've ever made. It's just, I, I really like those two products quite a bit.
1: All right. I uh, have a question for you now. Yeah. Well, I guess we can we can both answer. But I'm just gonna go ahead and say it to you first. Does Logan Paul's PSA to the Illustrator exhibit grading as a farce?
0: Hmm. Like not not as yeah, not this, as uh, respectable or like just kind I, of I like think, adds in I a little funny this, business.
1: I think what this individual was sending at was one. The subjectivity of grading, how it not only varies from company to company, but it can vary from individual to individual, but also the fact that it was submitted, what, three, like four or five times? Yeah. Before, by several people before it finally became a 10, and you almost have to wonder if it's, I mean, they, obviously, I would say they knew who was, who was submitting it, right? On this, well, Logan Paul was the one that bought it, but, you know. The yeah. you bought it from was also known in the hobby, so it's like I, I could definitely see the issues with that. But
0: what, I definitely think? think there's a little wiggle. Whether it's, I think there's a little wiggle all the way down the line. You know, you find a grader who just found out his, you know, his mom died or something, and he's just well. You know, I'm just trying to get through the day and, uh, you know, whatever, like maybe they just had a funeral, you know, his, his, his attention span is not going to be the greatest on grading cards and no one's going to blame him for that. Um, hopefully they have some type of like leave that they could do (laughs) to grieve. But, uh, you know, on a smaller scale, they found out their dog died. I mean, you told your, you know, you just told your wife, your dog died. Then you're going to sit down and grade some, grade some cards, I mean, there's factors that come into play just by being human. Um, And then on the flip side, you know, people know this is Logan Paul. They know the story that this is going to get for grading, PSA. You know, I think factors in the fact that, you know, this is going to make our company a lot of money. People are going to get excited about grading again. It's going to be big news. First ever PSA 10. It's got our logo on it. He's never going to cross grade this because it's got a 10 unless he can guarantee somehow a 10 from other companies, which would never happen.
1: Yeah, not BGS and CGC. With, with, with the issues that we saw with it, definitely borderline um, with what I saw. I know some people like you you particularly, I saw the the minor ding on it and
0: Yeah, I'll put up some photos here. Like I took some that I think it's like off center and like there's a ding, a pretty significant ding on the back. I'll have to pull up some info, but even on the pictures that they that Logan Paul himself showed close up of the card. I mean, you can see the damage in the top right corner pretty obviously. And it looks like that was
1: the only part I really saw. Yeah, it looks like it's like back
0: damage, too. So like what you're seeing from the front, you can only assume is like worse looking from the back.
1: Because I only saw the the, the the front of it, you know, and I saw the ding, and I didn't see any, like, whitening down, down the side. Um, and we, I mean, the thing is, with PSA centering, like, it could be 62, 38, and it could make the cut. I, I didn't really, because the, the, the photo I saw was at an angle. The ones I saw, it was like the photo was at, or the, the slab was at an angle. So I couldn't get a good gauge of actual centering. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like I understand people find it questionable and they're right to do so. Um, and I think at the end of the day, this just kind of reinforces. It's like, one, collect what you think is a MIT card. if And if you think that you have to go to CGC or BGS to get that quality, then sure. Or if you think you can stick with PSA and just inspect every card, because it doesn't really make <laughs> me change Enough to where like oh, well, I'm not gonna keep buying pSA slabs, but it yeah. definitely makes you stop and think I, I think if if you don't like stop and like what's and look around and like what's going on because the fact that I've submitted so many times resubmitted so many times just to get that ten, and you almost have to wonder if like I mean I guess it's got to be like a more experienced greater you would think grade it right because it's you know yeah
0: at that level i mean it gets it gets moved up in tiers. like it's not the normal. Like guys, like but, a, uh, a lot
1: of the Pokemon, I say a, a lot of the Pokemon are probably graded by some of your newer employees, and that's why some of the inconsistency is there because of their value it isn't quite there. But I would assume that they're like they obviously knew it's an illustrator, so it's already worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it definitely gets moved. Section.
0: It definitely gets moved up the line, and I'm not gonna like say that this is what happened, but it definitely yeah, moves yeah. up the line to hire up people who are more likely to be friends with influencers and people like more likely to have conversations with people like Logan Paul. This is basically the issue. Um, yeah. So I definitely I mean, think it's a thing, how much it affects it. I mean, you know, I might shed a little light on it, but I think it's always been a thing. You know, they're kind of changing their grading scale ever so slightly too. So there's just too many factors for it not to be a thing. How much, this had a play on it and it's hard to say but yeah
1: yeah i mean i'm not going to stop it's not going to make me stop buying psa slabs but i understand it might turn even more people away from psa you know i know cgc had some people have some issues with cgc some one of the issues in particular i'm not gonna mention because it i'll have more time i disagree personally um but you know like I think, again, it's just what I've said this before in another episode, it's about what reaffirms what you believe is a 10 or a 9. Yeah. And I think that's where you should go. And if you think you would rather try to find your own 10 by scouring eBay and all that and Instagram and trying to find the, the copy that you want and... And you don't need to send it in, you're you're good with that, then you know that's all that matters. Like some people don't like I mean, we we have a friend that, that doesn't like buying slabs at all. It's strictly strictly raw. And you know, we we can get a whole into a whole segment with that about raw versus uh graded and what you know, when you might want to do one or the other or why like the preference between the two, you know, it's it varies from collector to collector.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much it for our Q&As, I think. Um, unless you got anything else to add on there.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: Yeah, so that brings us to the game corner. Something we do at the end of every episode to kind of wrap things up. We go off a game or a theme where we try to change it up a little bit week to week. But essentially, it's like a little gaming activity. This week, it's going to be a flavor text where we... Explain or read a flavor text off of a Pokemon card, and we try to guess that Pokemon. It would be pretty hard to guess the card specifically because yeah, it changes even Pokemon of the same type. Um, uh, but yeah, let's uh, try this out. See how it goes. I picked one that it's it's kind of easy, but I mean, granted, all the Pokemon there's a uh, quite a bit out there, and maybe we could. Limit it by which gen it is or what type of Pokemon it is if we're having too much trouble.
1: Yeah, it but. took me a it took me a little bit to try to find one because not every card has it. I was looking in, for example, at uh, Skyridge and I didn't see any on those.
0: Yeah, a lot so, of uh, like a lot of cards like that, and even old EXs don't have it just because like yeah. other stuff takes. But the newer uh, cards do. Yeah, a lot of the newer and like commons and then commons mm-hmm. and then like yeah. even the older stuff, but. Uh, uh you wanna go first?
1: Yep, okay, so it becomes depressed if it is not near kind hearted people. It's able to float in the air without moving its wings.
0: Huh. So I'm thinking maybe a sad Pokemon with wings. Hmm. You
1: need a hit. <laughs> is it a
0: normal type? No, it's not. Or a fairy type. Yes, it is. I'm thinking like a Togekiss.
1: Is that your final guess?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The reason I'm thinking Togekiss is like he's got wings, but I don't think I've ever seen him flap wings and he's like a happy Pokemon. Yeah, I I would say Togekiss. And you could just tell me like no, and I can guess again. But Togicis. it is not a tug of kiss. It is not it a
1: is. tug of kiss.
0: So it's a, it's a fairy type. Yeah, give me give me one hint.
1: It's from Neo Destiny.
0: Hmm. So what what type was it in Neo Destiny? Because it wasn't a fairy. Back then, right? Or is it
1: psychic? It's a fairy now.
0: Is it... Oh, man. Can't even think of it.
1: So so it's kind of difficult because it is a fairy now, but...
0: Yeah, it was... Wasn't... Was it like normal or psychic back then?
1: I think back then it might have been normal let me uh let me check to make sure
0: say so, let me go back to neo destiny and think I mean there's there yeah a- it
1: is it wasn't n- normal for uh for neo destiny it was normal, so yeah, so yeah, so that was misleading because now it's considered fairy gotcha. uh, but not so anymore. kind of the
0: same lines as it a togetic yes it is oh so i I was on the right track
1: you were like like i almost thought you meant togetic instead of togekiss because togekiss doesn't really have any wings it's like a i mean i don't know if you'd call it i mean they're like flaps it's like a big old mantine right
0: yeah it's like it's like like an airplane like fixed wings so that's why but i feel like like i feel like togetic I just pulled up the card here now. Um, yeah, his wings are more prominent where they actually look like wings. But, yeah, that's a that's a good card there. All right. Second yeah, attempt, not so, uh, too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, so also, we, we didn't we did quite say this in the game, but the, like, the flavor text, if you're not familiar, it's like the text at the bottom of the card, a decent amount of cards that's describing the Pokemon. It actually took me a little bit to find one because some of the ones from the from the earlier cards are, are very obvious.
0: I know. I I was looking at it, that it too. Was, yeah. yeah, like I didn't some of the they, blast is like the the two the two cannons on the back of its shell. It's like okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I almost did like Light Arcanine. It was like this Chinese this Chinese Pokemon is. Uh, you know, it's breeze a flame wheel or whatever, and then when nice. it wouldn't take too long to know it, what that is, so
0: Alright, ready for mine?
1: I'm ready for yours.
0: All right. It freezes its prey with its stare. If you should encounter one, remember not to look in its eyes.
1: Is that Al Ghazam?
0: That's your final answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, stares into his eyes. Uh, oh, that'd be hypno.
0: It freezes its prey.
1: Freezes prey by staring into its eyes.
0: Prey.
1: <laughs> prey. Uh, um.
0: It's got prey. It's not like a it's kind of like a middle of the ground Pokemon, but
1: Okay. One which uh, you could find
0: on ground level, but not like a super low or super high Pokemon. Like as far as popular. Doug Trio. No, not Doug Trio. Want another hint?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: It is a Gen 1 Pokemon, which you did just guess all Gen 1s, but it was a grass type originally.
1: What changed from grass?
0: Might find it as poison type.
1: It wouldn't be Venusaur, would it?
0: Now I was highlighting prey because like it's kind of a an animal in the normal world that would have prey
1: Arbok no no he he was never grass but then he said ground I and mean, there's only so many ground Pokemon that, that are even in there um Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I'm not, not going to get it.
0: It was a dark Arbok. He was grass yeah. and rocket.
1: Oh, that's right. Because it's green. I remember now. I thought he was poisoned from the very beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was the old Arbok.
1: That feels so obvious now that you said it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and the only reason I said
0: ground levels like because you, you could find them on the ground. Like I was trying to give you other hints and stuff. But uh, but yeah. I
1: never officially gave Arbok as my answer. I said it, but I never gave it as my answer. So. Yeah.
0: Yep. Freezes its prey in a stare. If you ever encounter one, remember not to look in its eyes. And then the artwork All is right. like his like cape has eyes and yeah. teeth and stuff too. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty fun. I mean, yeah. we could maybe like stick to one gin at a time or something, and because you know once we start or expanding era. out, yeah, or, or era. era.
1: We'll do, we'll do eras so that way it's the encompass is everything it'll get a little more
0: challenging as we go i'm sure but yeah uh,
1: because i'm not familiar with some of the later gens like yeah. the eighth generation i'm not really familiar with it at all
0: well i mean that pretty much does it guys this was a little longer episode um i think we had a good main topic if you're struggling with anything you know feel free to reach out and we'll hit you up we got the pokey talk podcast youtube channel we're on pretty much everywhere where you can listen to your favorite podcasts um we got the instagram going you can find the link tree in the description of this and then on our instagram for all our links but uh yeah we pretty much want to wrap it up there with our next topic um i would say this is officially set in stone but we're kind of thinking of maybe like a a grading episode, you know, maybe graded versus raw, kind of brush over the different grading companies once again, um, their influence in the hobby or what one company versus the other has influence as far as buying and selling. Um, that's kind of why, you know, we wanted it to be next week because we can also dive more deeply into the CGC pop report and kind of. Give you our full thoughts on that rather than just grazing over it. Yeah, so. we are.
1: I know it sounds like it's somewhat similar from the earlier episodes, but it is going to be more, it's going to be very into the CGC pop tool, um, kind of some of the things that are interpretations of it. We're going to go into more detail. And we are also going to be um, talking about buying raw or grading more in depthly situations that can benefit collectors and and kind of give examples
0: yeah for sure should be pretty good and hopefully you guys are enjoying it i mean even if it's the same topic if it's a new discussion i mean i find myself listening to even the same discussions over and over sometimes just love talking about the hobby and we're gonna continue to do so so i guess that'll be about it huh
1: Yeah, that's it. I'll see you all later. Peace.
0: Yep, see you later.